welcome to the Podcast Podcast. I'm Don. I'm Scott. It's weird because I still don't have the music set in here yet. Okay. So it starts out all quiet, and I'm like, how long do I wait to oh, talk? So you just kind of guess? Yeah, because after I upgraded, the music track wasn't in there, and I haven't. We haven't gotten to the point where we where we are publishing those. Oh, okay. So I haven't added it back yet. So I'm like, okay, let's okay. start now. All I mean, right. I can switch it around. Have it. Okay. Music editing software lets me do whatever, whatever I want. want. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. As long as you got that flexibility. Yeah. Well, when you're listening to this, it is sometime um, within the 2000s and something <laughs> um, in a month that's either hot or cold or slightly in between. But um, we are in what you would call a hot month, but right now we've had a couple of cold oh, days. Oh, yes, which has been beautiful. And when he says cold, he means 77. <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy about this because I just got my electric bill. For the hot part that we just oh, had. Oh, I have not I have uh, not received that yet. Two hundred and eleven dollars. Ooh. And we've like that's the most expensive we've had since winter. Because we've been averaging Ooh. like around a hundred. I think that's about what I've been averaging too. Yeah. Well, when I say a hundred, it's not quite hit the two hundred mark. So our house has like a tiny air conditioner. Oh, but it's, it's like a fairly a- big house. Um so our air conditioner pretty much runs all of the time. Well, the last however many weeks what two weeks 107 ish yeah i don't think my air conditioner turned off <laughs> so my my brothers and i we went to kayaking on um saturday and oh my gosh no clouds it was pure sun beating down we kayaked about 18 miles <gasps> and we spent a lot of time in the usually we'll falling out of the canoe into the water much, yeah. absolutely <laughs> Um, sometimes, uh, most of the time on purpose, cause we're just like, Oh, that is just, it's just too hot. I don't remember what we did Saturday. Probably stayed inside if you were smart. Cause unless you were near water, you would not want to be outside. I did a long run in the morning before it got too bad. But I, I cannot remember. This even bad. at six o'clock in the morning when I walked out that day, I was like, Oh, it was, oh. it was humid, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like sun beating down on me yet when okay. I ran. So, all right. So humidity, just no sun beating. Oh, I was, I cleaned out my garage on Saturday. What the heck were you? That was, yeah. My wife was like, why are you doing this on like the hottest day? I was like, I got stuff. I got to get out of the way. We had so much, by the way, I still have your lawnmower. Oh, so I, I'll find a way to get it back to you. I would say just put it on the curb because I don't have time to fix it. Okay. So so people at home know we're not just like <laughs> rich, wealthy men like put the lawnmower on the curb. It was it was a cheaper one. Mm-hmm. And he was giving it to me when one of my 50 lawnmowers broke. Mm-hmm. And now I bought a battery powered lawnmower because I'm done with that. So And and it was broken already ish. And I put the But I had a string for it. Yeah, but the engine still would not turn over. Okay, so, so I don't know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's okay. going to probably cost me more to have somebody look at to it. To have someone then, yeah. look at it than it actually cost me to buy it. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to my neighbor across the street because he asked me about my lawnmower. Mine's, it's battery powered, so it's super quiet. And uh, I kind of like that because, like, no little kids will sneak up on me, which, believe me, I've, I've had many times where I'd be mowing, and, like, my kid's falling right behind me with their little lawnmower. Oh, no. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I don't want to hit anybody or whatever. So it's kind of nice to be able to hear. And he's like, what is that? How do you do that? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, battery power. I told him the, all the crap I went through with my gas-powered ones, and he looked at me like, 
I was lazy and stupid for not. I was like, one blue piston ring, it would cost me either the time or the like repair bill of a new lawnmower, mm-hmm. like to replace the piston ring because you got to tear apart things that I don't know how to put back together. Mm-hmm. So, and I actually tried to watch the YouTube tutorial on it, and that guy was like, he had like a long mat spread out and like parts all over. I was like, no oh, way, no. you literally take everything apart. Yeah, so. I don't spend a lot on lawnmowers. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'll buy the cheapest one. I don't want it to self-propel itself. Um, I don't either I, because I don't my yard's not big enough. Right. Just, just like, oh, we're up to speed and we're turning down. Right. <laughs> and my, my lawn now is so small. I mean, I spend like, what, I can get on maybe not even a full tank of gas all summer long. I mean, it what? really doesn't take wow. much at all. Mine's a... Uh, I have a Greenworks. I bought it when it was already a year past model. Mm-hmm. Um, it has two batteries, and as long as my grass isn't too long, it, the two batteries are fine. Okay. But one battery is bigger than the other. But if the grass is super long or it's really hot outside, like I mow as much as I can and leave the rest for the next time. Okay. Okay. But, I think I weed whack longer than I mow. And yeah. I hate I'm, weed whacking. I, so yard tips with Don and Scott. If you have a sidewalk in your neighborhood uh-huh. and you let the weeds grow up and cover it and get over it, it'll deteriorate the sidewalk. So if you see weeds like coming up through the cracks, those are the ones you want to get rid of. Right. Cause that's what pushes the cement out and breaks it up. Okay. In the city I live in, in Middletown, it's $700 per square <sighs> for them to replace it. Now they won't just come out and do it, but we've had a lot of road work and we're getting the EPA rainwater systems through. Yeah. If my sidewalks are broken up and they, run the pipes through and they have to replace it or whatever, it'd be 700 per square. They'd cut charge you for that. They charge you for it and they put it on your taxes. If they mess it up though. No. Yeah. Yeah. If they come through, well, no, no. If they have to like, so when they're going down the street, they're like, Oh, we're going to re. I don't know how to explain this. The EPA in our area has said that our stormwater drainage systems are out of date and they're, like causing flooding, pollution, they're breaking, being destroyed. And basically, they now have the ability to fine municipalities for having crappy water systems. Oh. So they're redoing the way they flow and the way they work so that they go into like retention so that it doesn't spew a bunch of like literally like sewage, raw sewage. It doesn't spit it into actual rivers and stuff like that, killing all the life around it. Okay. So that's like what they're in the process of doing. And they've got to tear the road up. And when they're, they're doing that, if what they have to do is they have to like replace the road and all that when they're resurfacing they'll redo the curbs and the sidewalks right if you're if you have like cracked up and broken up pieces you get charged on your homeowner's taxes weird ohio thing i know um uh, i forgot what it's called it's called a tax abatement or tax something or other um and basically you pay it off over like 10 years okay but like still i'd rather not pay it all at all right you mm-hmm. go to sell the house that's something that people will see is like oh they have an assessment on there for you know seven sidewalk pieces right you, you know oh that's five thousand dollar you know Ooh. kind of thing so i've i i weed trim to mm-hmm. keep them from cracking and breaking okay that's like my my main motivator so when you're walking down the street you're like man this is really good edging here it's because i don't want to pay got it for all that other stuff. So that, that part's fine. Now my driveway, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, my driveway. Yeah, I still I go down there just because it's it's on the way. Mm-hmm. But like I've got to do some cement patching. Yeah, I just need a new driveway, and that's not cracks. happening anytime soon. I don't even want to know what that costs. So, um, are you yours is asphalt? Mm-hmm. 
No, it's yeah, black top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually cheaper than mine. Really? Because we so we cement. Talk, well, we we have an old driveway where they put cement with rebar in it. Yeah. So for them to break it up costs a lot more than for them to break yours up and redo uh, it because okay. they have to like break it up with the rebar and take it all out. Ooh. And I guess new driveways they don't put rebar in anymore. Okay. Which makes them fall apart faster. Okay. So. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to know what it costs. That'll be when I have to. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, I think somewhere earlier in Deuteronomy, if you don't put something around the top of your house and someone falls off and they yeah, get yeah, sued you for don't it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if a driveway goes into that or a sidewalk, but. Uh, so as we're driving down the driveway into chapter 28. So we were talking about uh, 28 last week. We got a bunch of curses. Um, like the kind of like you're cursed, not like we were swearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you are disobedient <laughs> and that sucks to be you. Yeah. Um, and, and when we're talking about you, we're talking about Israel. Um, or if you are independently, secretly doing something, well, God's a little bit more sovereign than, say, the elders in your community and you are still screwed. So with that, um, we are, are continuing to learn about the, the curses um, that um, God says can happen um, if Israel is choosing not to go ahead and, and be obedient. Um, chapter 28 has a lot of those. We'll get into chapter nine, that, 29 that has some more of those. Um, and then all of us will be excited to hit Deuteronomy 30 when... Um, we then experience restoration after all of these fun curses. So with that, let's go ahead and... So here's another optimistic podcast. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So if you're going into work, yeah, shut it down. Wait till you go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) No, then you'd be up all night worrying about it. Okay, then... Maybe it's best to bring this to the office with you, this this cloud of pessimism as you drive on your way through traffic. (laughs) Uh, or or it might encourage road rage. Yeah. Or it might actually discourage road rage because you're right. focused on obedience you because go. you don't want to experience the curses. I mean, no one wants to experience um, uh, what, what was cannibalism. <laughs> um, or, or, yeah, th- I think that was the one that got me the most. That's... Um, I don't want to start eating my kids. So with that, um, if you missed that episode... Um, Go back to next week or last week, and yeah, if you uh use a podcast app, it should be on there or podcast.podbean.com if you want to do it from a browser. Yeah, and I think 2853, I think that's where we hit the cannibalism. So if you just want to fast forward all the way right to the end of that, yeah, yeah, uh huh. So with that, uh, we'll start with 58 um, of chapter 28. And I need to find that. If you are not careful to do all of the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear his this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring ec- extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sickness grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you all of the diseases of Egypt of which you are afraid, and they shall cling to you every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law. The Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Well, I'm happy. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing uh, I just lost top of the bringing 
ruin upon ruin you, upon you yeah. and destroying you, and you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among those, these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your feet, but the Lord will give you... Uh, there a trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, if only, if only it were evening. And at the evening you shall say, if only it were morning, because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. Hooray! Man, I would love to preach this section. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call your pastor and be like, dude, um, Don wants to preach a sermon on... Um, Deuteronomy yeah. 28 and 29. Last time I preached, I preached like a section in James. It was all like, uh, when I got done, my wife was like, could you even crack a smile during that one? I was like, it was, it was pretty serious. <laughs> it was pretty, it's like no backbiting and no, you know, gossiping and stuff. It's a serious section. Like there's no, this would be just like that. And yeah, like I was going to say. Borderline Presbyterian sermon right mm -hmm. there. This is hard to make a joke on. I mean. There's no happiness here. No, there is not. So uh, what kind of stuff stood out as, um. You were depressed. <laughs> well, verse 58, starting right off the bat, um, brought a smile to my face because uh, I enjoy other people's pain. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it says, if you're not careful to do, and I underline that, all the words of the law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, which I think is it's awesome that they put that in there, but um, just kind of a going back to first grade level Bible study, when you see that capital L-O-R-D, um, it's referring to God's unpronounceable name. Uh, so when he says the awesome name, the Lord your God, he's basically saying Yahweh in that section, the unpronounceable name or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the parts of Siddha is the to do and then the, that you may fear because that encompasses the entirety of the human existence and being. Because <clears throat> uh, you had to obey the words in word and deed. Basically, you had to, um, like, obey the commandments. So you are to do the words of the law that are written in this book, and then that you may fear. So it's saying the law here is leading to an actual heartfelt response. It's not just a like, hey, you did all the commands, good, mm -hmm. bully on you, good job. You did, a, you know, you you've done it. There's this. Like you're doing that so that it will lead you into a heartfelt, an actual heart response. Um, just, I don't know, I always find that to be interesting because uh, it's one of those places where people, including a lot of, you know, preachers I've heard and um, a lot of other Christians I've been in studies with and so on and so forth, are always like, oh, the Old Testament was all about doing. It was a works-based law. And it's like, yeah, there there were works it, it was works-based, but it's definitely, in the end, a heart-based uh, thing. It, it, we see early on, we're seeing God trying to say, hey, doing this is going to be what changes your heart, where Jesus is like, all right, look, you guys didn't seem to get it, so I'm going to tell you this is how it should be changing your heart. Um, but it, the, the message, once again, did not magically change, and God did not magically change 
his mind when it came, you know, to Jesus. It wasn't like, hey, you know what? I was just kidding. You don't have to do stuff anymore. It's actually a hard thing. Ha <laughs> ha, fooled you. It always was a hard thing. It well, was always a whole being thing. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that because I don't want to give too much of a spoiler, but if you go to Deuteronomy 30, 30 verse 6, um, it actually talks about and part of that restoration where God will be the one to help circumcise their heart um, so that they can follow God with their whole heart and soul. Um, and so that actually hits in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, what, a chapter and a half, a chapter later, um, they're going to get back into, I mean, that's exactly what Moses is going to dire- address. And if we're thinking New Testament, Paul directly comes out of that in, what is it, Romans 2, verse 28, um, you have Paul that addresses Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, um, and when he talks about the idea of a circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and really, when you look at other uh, other parts of the Old Testament as well, um, God says, you, you don't understand, like, I'm not looking for this, you're, you're trying to do all this stuff, but it's a heart issue. Um, so yeah, the, it's funny you say that because that's definitely something we're going to see in a couple weeks um, when we actually get uh, further into Deuteronomy. But it's also something that, that we see periodically periodically throughout the Old Testament as well, where God has to continue to, to remind them that it's not just about the the direct obedience of the each word that's written down, but it's a heart issue um, because obviously we're not going to go ahead and meet that. Right. Um, I mean, in a perfect world without sin, yes, um, we would like to. But again, I think Israel loses the heart and focus on what it means to, to ultimately serve God. Um, and, and they forget and they're, they're focused more on, on the direct. Yeah, they, they lose their heart. Yeah, I- a lot of people have, especially with me having more of those Calvinistic reformed leanings where I'm a, I'm a God is sovereign kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, people do always ask me like, well, if you know you're saved, if you know you're a Christian, et cetera, like, why do you pray? Why do you tithe? Why do you go to church? Like, if you know you can't lose it and all that other stuff, it's like, well, the idea behind these works are not necessarily because like it gets me to, uh, it, it gets me to heaven. It's because, one, my heart is being shaped and molded by the Holy Spirit. You know, and we can always point back to the Ezekiel uh, passage, like, he removed my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh. Like, that is constantly always changing and molding. But, like, we also do these disciplines. We participate in the sacraments. We read our scripture. We, you know, we do these things because it does ignite our hearts and molds them more towards him. Even if you look at, is it, oh, gosh, is it 2 Corinthians? Like we look in the mirror dimly and we're constantly being shaped and molded more into his likeness. That's Second Corinthians around 14, thir- around 13. Three? Actually, it might be like, no, it might be First Corinthians 13. No, it's second, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I think um, it's within the love verses. I want to say it's like, I want to say it's like the whole 316. I thought like, because there's that joke about all the 316s. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the other, or to another. For this is this comes from the Lord who is in spirit. That Yeah, that's uh, 2 Corinthians 3.16, I win. Was it? Boom. That was my Bible. 1 Corinthians. 3.16. 
So is it was 1 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3.16. Okay. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 3.16. Okay. Yeah, it, there's a, if you uh, have a, uh, there's a eccentric that. Bible teacher, they will tell you to check all the 316s in the Bible because it's kind of interesting how a lot of them are very profound work of uh, uh, verses. Okay. But the, the idea behind that really quick before you no, go, on, go um, is that we do these things not because it makes us stand out or makes us awesome or earns our way to heaven. We do these things because we are slowly being transformed from, uh, you know, our sinful nature into being more and more Christ-like. But what do you got? Oh, well, you're just talking about the mirror part. So when I became a man, childish ways, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face face, now I know in part. Okay, so I was... Oh, that's actually good. Um, I knew in part, so now I... Yeah, so that's what I was yeah. thinking. I was like, okay. That's another good... good. That's another good... Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it drives some borderline the same point there. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's um, where I... Uh, that's what I... In that first verse, it, once again, it's just that whole encompassing entirety of our being god's not just interested in head count or or our transformers your phone's ringing see see during the summer i actually have the ringer on (laughs) during the school year i never remember to turn it back on well you know you makes for good podcasting absolutely yeah and then the the only other did you have anything else before i go into the another no just uh with uh well just thinking with what you had said i was reading a book um unashamed by lecrae and oh, I read, yeah, I read that. He had actually, huh? I read that a couple years ago. It's a great book, <laughs> but I suggest the Audible because, like, he actually reads it, oh. um, and so it's it's cool to hear it from his perspective. But he said that the st- uh, I guess the book was written a couple years ago, and the statistics that he was talking about is uh, he listed the st- statistics of eighty percent of America say that they're Christian, but only nine percent of Christians actually live out a biblical worldview. Um, that's focused on on the actual what the Bible teaches um, a Christian or a disciple of Jesus should live. I was like, ooh, that's a that's, that's harsh. Yeah. So, um, gotta check ourselves. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but I was I was I was shocked by that. But just kind of thinking it, it's again that that wrong perspective that. I mean, that, that heart perspective, where, mm-hmm. where is your heart? That's great that 80% of you go to church or 80% of whatever, but if only 9% of us are actually living out that biblical worldview the way that we're asked to go ahead and live that out, then that sounds like a huge heart problem. What, what's the other 1% doing? Um, so only 9% of those 80%. Live oh, that out. Oh, oh, so oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. So, so I was like, so, oh yeah. If we said 80% were Christians. Yeah. So 80% gotcha. okay. claim to be, or claim Christianity of some sort, gotcha. um, but only 9% actually live of out a biblical worldview. Yeah. That's, that's really harsh. Um, that says that a lot of us are not living the way that we should. And I'm sure that since that book's been published, it's probably, probably even lower, lower than that. Bit, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's been a couple years. I mean, I could, I guess, I could look at it, but it's I do, probably wife, been under my five years. My wife read it first. It's so funny the way like hip hop has evolved in our house because, mm-hmm. like, I'm the one who listens to hip hop and who's introduced it to my son. And sadly, he's overplayed songs I used to like. <laughs> and um, um, but she read the Lecrae book first. Okay. Um, and then I read it, and then uh, 
like she is now discovering new songs and artists because of like my son and her listening to stuff together. But I introduced this hip hop to the house. Okay, <laughs> nice. Right. So yeah, so it was 2016 was when it was published. Oh, okay. so, so it's not that old. It's only what three years old. So yeah, in three years though. We've seen some, you know. A lot has happened yes, in yes. that three years. Yep. So I was trying to avoid any inflammatory statements <laughs> in any way. Yeah, so it's um, it's a good book. I mean, if you get a chance to read it, um, if you get a chance to audible it, um, I mean, don't quit listening to these great podcasts. Right, but yeah, if, when do they have time? They have to read it while listening to us. If you're waiting the for the for us to drop two weeks later, it's a great audible there version you for you to listen to. After you've listened to hours, you're like, oh, what can I do for the next two weeks? Right, the there, there you go, uh-huh. Um, so before they completely tune out, okay. um, a couple other things just in that first, like in verse 59, the extraordinary afflictions, mm -hmm. I was like, man, that's an interesting word. So just kind of did a little study on it and it, it basically, uh, can mean improbable or wonderful. Mm -hmm. So here's the wonderful <laughs> afflictions. I thought that was kind of a wonderful we have turned into a 100% positive word as English speaking people. Uh-huh. If it's wonderful, it's good. Hey, I got you a brand new car. Oh, that's wonderful. You right. know, that's how we, we look at it. But it literally means to be full of wonder or shock and awe. Oh, wow. So it's a, wonderful really comes from a, a neutral word that could be used in different contexts. But we don't use it that way anymore. We've basically, you know, cut it off into make only good things. Mm -hmm. So it really could be, which is probably why they use extraordinary, the synonym in the English translation, because extraordinary is something that's starting to go the way of wonderful. Hmm. We, we start using extraordinary in a positive sense as well. Right. But it really is basically like these things that will happen will be so improbable, so amazing, so extraordinary, so wonderful that you're basically going to stand there with your jaw dropped. Mm -hmm. Like it will be things that you can't even imagine. It's like when your parents like try and put the fear of God in you for doing something wrong. Like, yeah. I will blah, blah, blah until blah. you won't even believe how angry I can get you know, kind of thing. <laughs> That's basically what this is. You know, this is God saying that, but like, you know, he's actually got the power to mean it. Yeah, absolutely. Where us as parents are like, you know, you'll be grounded forever. Oh, not forever, mm -hmm. ever. Maybe this evening if we really stick to it, you know, right. kind of thing. But And, and we see that, that God's legit here too. I mean, because <laughs> all of these right now, I don't know if, threat is a good good word but uh, there are threats that are um, followed through yeah but i mean god follows through on them and we see how israel later on experiences a lot of these things um uh, christopher wright puts it this way he says uh, the conditional nature of the whole section should be given its full weight there is nothing inevitable about the chain of events described here the whole point of this chapter is to warn the Israelites of the consequences of certain behavior so that they can avoid them. The curses are not fated. Only if they engage in persistent rebellion against God's grace and blessing will such consequences become unavoidable. And I think uh, th there's a good point to, to be heard here is it's not one of those that they accidentally make one little mistake and then all of a sudden God provides a whole bunch of curses mm -hmm. where you're eating your kids as they come out <laughs> of the womb. It's one of those that, that this right here is when Israel comes into a, a, a really a state, I like how you use the word persistent rebellion, um, because God doesn't really act on a lot of these things um, until they become unrepentant and continue to choose um, to be disobedient to what God had to, to the way that God had set um, their community up to live and, and, and be. 
Yeah, what's interesting <laughs> is that there's a lot. I mean, I, we always joke about judges. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of crazy, crazy that goes on in judges, but God doesn't really turn his people over to these curses at that time. Mm-hmm. Like this really happens years and years later when we get more into the the reign of the kings mm-hmm. that we see, all right, hey, this is it. Like th- now you now you're done. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. So there's an immense patience of the Lord here. Oh yeah. And I think that as sinners, us, we we need to remember that because I I know a lot of people they get down on themselves when they're like, man, that's it. God's going to give up on me. Or, you know, maybe that just runs through your head. Like, dude, you're, you're 80 years. Mm -hmm. Israel wandered around for 40 here and they're going to get hundreds before God actually drops down. Oh yeah. Drops the hammer. Um, on top of that, God punished his son on our behalf. Mm -hmm. So like as a Christian, like he's not going to just wash his hands of you. You're not over because you, you know, fell into that sin again one right. more time or whatever. Like there's grace and patience and mercy. And and a lot of people get the Old Testament of, oh my gosh, God is so mean and horrible in the Old Testament. He's a very different God. And it's, if you really look at the Old Testament, so like Deuteronomy, we're getting a lot of, of God preparing them to, to move into the, the promised land. Um, he is preparing them to be missional. Um, he is preparing them to live. What is it? How many times do we read? Um, it's so a they, shining example to other nations. Yeah. Like, so that you may live long. And, and I mean, we see that over and over again. Um, but then we get into the other parts of the New Testament and you get into like a lot of the prophets. And how many times did, did God warn them? Um, he then disciplined them. But it never stopped there. He always restored them. Um, and yes, this happened over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so, so I feel like the, 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 the theme throughout most of the prophets are, are pretty much the, the same. Um, they chose to be disobedient, almost maybe a persistent rebellion of sort. Um, God disciplined them. Um, then God restored them. And then it started all over again. Um, and really, God's, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but in Deuteronomy 30, he says, when you get to that point and when you come back to me, I will restore you. And that is exactly what God did throughout the Old Testament. And so we do see God's grace and mercy um, seen throughout the Old Testament a whole lot. Well, we see even with, I always laugh at Solomon. The man was like performing some wonderful atrocities Mm -hmm. we'll go back to that word and that was during one of israel's highest moments of like you know prosperity and god didn't like just say oh man look what solomon's doing cut it off burn it down Mm -hmm. like there was once again there's patience there was um god giving time for solomon to turn back to him Mm -hmm. and so that his lineage would continue as he promised his father david and all Mm -hmm. that like there there's definitely grace (laughs) right so so yeah yeah. so really you see the same god in the old testament that you do the new testament um and really in all reality there's nothing new under the sun because we still respond the same way israel responds 
Um, God still works. I think there is an aspect of discipline and restoration that still continues to happen. Um, Hebrews talks about how that discipline is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if your father in heaven didn't love you or if your father doesn't discipline you, then he doesn't love you very much. Um, and so we see how that discipline is a good thing um, because it really restores us and brings us to a place that God wants us um, in relation to him. Um, and also missional in our own world around us. I mean, we, we are still um, there. People are to look at us as Christians and say, oh, wait, there's something different about you. Um, and I think if we are obedient to God's commands, I think we're going to see that, that that is going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are going to go, oh, there's something about you. Uh, unfortunately, many people, once they find out that's God, many people reject that. But many people don't as well. And so... Um, Again, I, I think there's very, very much a common theme in both all the Old Testament and the New Testament um, that, that rings true about God's personality, his grace, his mercy, and his love for his people. Yeah. All right. All right. So 29. Oh, just a just couple kidding. quick notes. Uh, verse 63, uh, plucked off the land. The, the term there I thought was also pretty cool. Um, it can be used as the word evicted. I know Christopher Wright likes to use that word to be evicted, the divine eviction. He has a divine landlord mm-hmm. set up. Um, but it can also mean to be torn out like a weed. So I always wonder why they chose the route they did. Like to be to pluck them off the land. It sounds like some British happiness when in reality it's like you're evicted. I will tear you out like a weed. Like it's a bit more of a, a harsh. Well, tearing out it like a weed is a lot more hor- harsh than evicted. Well, even evicted, I mean, we think of like, oh, they put a note on the door and you had to get the moving truck and get your stuff out. But, man, you could be forcefully evicted. That's true. So either way, but, yeah, I just thought Mm -hmm. that was another. Um, You go into 64. He talks about they'll be serving other gods of wood, stone. Neither you nor your fathers have known. Uh, The uh, phrasing there is basically these are false man-made gods. They can't do anything. That's basically what he's saying. Like these are, you're going to go serve sticks and stones that nobody knows because they don't do anything. Mm. Um, I think that's another, like that's another power play by God, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Then when you get to the, uh, uh, all like the next verse 65, there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. Uh, And then he says there, uh, he'll give you a trembling of heart, a failing of eyes, and a languishing of soul. That's another holistic view. So we once again had the holistic view at 58 of saying your whole being is what I'm after. I'm after your deeds. I'm after your heart. I'm after your transformation. And over here, it's your whole being that will feel the punishment. Hmm. It's everything from your physical body being tired to your trembling heart to your failing eyes to your languishing soul. It's another 100% experience well because when you get into 30 um it talks about you really want to get into 30 oh i I do like i'm letting you down i want to be happy (laughs) um no but like we talk about the sir many times it talks about the circumcision of your heart but it it repeats many times throughout 30 this idea of obey your commands with all of your heart and Mm. soul so as you're talking about that whole entire being that's that hole that God is going to restore later on. And so I, I think that it's important just to point out that we're going to see that whole entire being of obedience um, reiterated, not just in the curses, but also in the blessings and the restoration that comes with it. It is not a half 
donkeying it um, type well, of behavior. To feed into that a little bit, like we even see Jesus say, like, it's better to lose a hand or lose an eye than the whole of you thrown into hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that very much like that little bit spoiled, a little bit of leaven moves through mm-hmm. the dough. Like Jesus is constantly trying to tell you, like, it's it's your whole everything. There's no part of your life that you can, like, exclude me from because everything, either the whole of you is sin or the whole of you is righteous. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jesus reiterates that. Um, he says, love the Lord your God with all, all your, your heart, heart, mind, and soul, um, which Don't is... your neighbor. Oh, right. <laughs> but but that that's just reiterating what he said in Deuteronomy 6. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you are talking about the, the entire... God has asked, Jesus asks us nothing new. Um, He is just saying, hey, guess what? Here's what's already here. And I'm asking you to do the same. Love God with with everything that you are. So again, just going to church and sitting there and saying, I'm I'm one of those 80% that's a Christian. Well, actually, that's that's really kind of not enough. (laughs) Um, I mean, because yes, we're not a works-based faith, but we're a works-based faith. Um, and kind of what I mean by that is, is if we don't believe, um, if we don't genuinely love God, then, um, our actions aren't going to change. But if we genuinely love God, then our actions are going to show something a little bit different. And James points that out. I say, yeah, this is the dichotomy Um, shown in James that people get into big fights over. Yeah. But yeah, we are, like you said, we're, we're not a workspace faith, but we're a workspace faith. I love the way that, yeah. cause it, yeah. Well, it's, it's actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Um, I always what tell my, those actions flow from what's filling you. And mm-hmm. if we see it's all encompassing, whether it's your, you know, you, what you're doing and what's in your heart is encompassing is coming from the Lord or what is inside of you is coming from your sin. Like it's a hundred percent and you're going to, you know, yeah. mirror that or that's going to be what fuels your works. Yep. Well, I tell my students all the time, I said, actions speak louder than words. I said, don't just tell me something. I was like, <laughs> you're standing there telling me something. You've told me that same thing all year long. Show me something. I'm going to um, tell my clients that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that works. <laughs> but, I liked my job. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like, don't just tell me something. By the way, I teach high school. so. Yeah. Um, and my clients are colleges, but not students. <laughs> so it probably wouldn't go over well. <laughs> um, and so, you know, don't just tell me something, but do it. And, and, and I always give them the analogy. I said, fine, you know, I can stand up here and I can tell you that I'm the best ballet dancer ever but i said the moment you tell me to dance in a little tutu that's the scariest thing you're ever going to see in your life graceful as, like, as a rock <laughs> yes <laughs> i was like i can't back that up with my actions and and I, th- I think this is what god's asking us to do is he's asking us he's saying that if you genuinely love me then you'll obey my commands and and we've talked about this before his commands actually are pretty decent like <laughs> everything he asks us to do is really for our own benefit and our community's benefit. And that is our way of showing God that we love him. I mean, it's like a, a, a win, 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 win situation yeah. by, by choosing to be obedient. Not to mention, we got some good blessings coming on later right? on. So, I mean, <laughs> we've already seen some of those. So, uh, only other, other things, a couple more in this chapter then we can go to 29. Uh, one, uh, verse 67 in the morning, you shall say, if only it were evening, and in the evening you shall say, if only it was morning because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights your eyes shall see. Um, basically, it's one of those like, today st- sucked, 
I hope tomorrow's better. Mm-hmm. And then when you wake up, you're like, nope, today's just like yesterday. So I can't wait to go to bed and end <laughs> this and start over. It, it is that Groundhog Day repeating. This is bad. There is nothing that, there's no relief. There's no assurance or hope that's found. There's no security that's going to be found in the next day. You hope it's better, but it won't come. Right. It's it's like the endless futility of your existence. Mm-hmm. It's existential crisis on steroids. And there's no time frame of when it's going to get better. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then the last part I had was uh, the part about them being sold. I thought this, like, out of all this stuff in the chapter, this is almost the harshest statement. The, uh, like, you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there will be no buyer. Basically, you have no value. You're, like, so worthless, people don't even want you as slaves. That's harsh. That's 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 worthless to the to the next level that's harsh man you're so you're so worthless i don't even want you for free labor (laughs) (laughs) so that that those were kind of the big notes i had on on that chapter i told you i'd probably a bit more than yeah you did good pretty good yeah I, I, I'm always the one be like well we don't have a lot to talk about and don's like dude we we always talk yeah i've i've got a penchant for trying to um work through phrases to find Mm -hmm. out how they like I'm one of the few people that thinks having like paraphrases like the NLT are are, are a great thing. New Living Translation Bible are a great thing because like we have great translations with the ESV and you know some of the others like the you know NASB and all that but like sometimes like the word plucked here just seems so like no offense to the British out there but like in America, we're a little rough around the edges. So when we hear plucked, we think of like little kids plucking a flower. Mm. So I'm like, oh, that's great and all that stuff. But man, I like to rip it out by the roots and to cast it out and to evict it. Man, that drives that point home farther. So a lot of times I'll try and find stuff and try and dig a little deeper to see what I can get that might express it in a more colorful way than just, you know. So you have to keep that in mind because like Sarah's always like trying to groom me and she uses like scripture scripture and i was like we don't read the message version in this house yeah <laughs> well the I, god rest uh the soul of eugene peterson hopefully in his glory but mm-hmm. like the message to me is not on the same level as the nlt right i would put that a few rungs below mm-hmm. the nlt to me is a great read out loud bible um i had a pastor i was talking to one time and he's like a lot of times i'll be sitting there going through trying to find the best way to say something in a sermon and then I'll go look it up in the NLT and I'm like, yeah, that's the way I want to say it, you know, kind of okay. thing. So it's a, I, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of that. I've got two in my house. I got the NLT study Bible, which is not anything special Okay. Um, besides pretty. Okay. <laughs> and then I've got like a thin line that my kids will read sometimes. Okay. But yeah, I'm a... I'm a ESV primary, NASB secondary, and then tertiary. I might throw a, a NLT if I'm really struggling. Okay. Oh, to keep that in mind, I, I like that. I like that thought process where sometimes just trying to find the the wording and and it might again, it might just I could see where it can help you to grasp the ideas um, and the thoughts. Sometimes, if you know the ESV or the deeper part of it, then you can get. I guess I always like to get as close to the original as I can get. Yeah. But, and then you can be more free to branch out from there. So I guess I could see where the NLT would not be a great starting point, no, not at all. but it would be a great <laughs> way to kind of figure out how to utilize wordage that can help make the meaning more powerful. Yeah. My, my 
process, not to get too wrapped up in this, will be to read the the section over the verses, chapters, whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, usually out of the ESV, and then kind of chew on that for a while, then go over and maybe do some parallel. My one commentary I use has the NIV text. I'm not okay. a big fan of NIV text. Right. Um, bigger fan than some, but still there's places like the book of Joshua is a mess in the NIV. Is it? So it's a thought for thought. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a place where the thought might be repeated, sometimes the NIV just leaves it out. Okay. And that happens a lot in Joshua. There's some sections missing. Okay. It, so it seems. Um, but then I'll, I'll go back and forth between like the NASB and my ESV and kind of look, I'll, I'll look up some keyword stuff. I'm not a Hebrew guy, mm-hmm. so it's not going to do well. I'll look up what Grisanti might say, cause he does a great job with his notes. Um, and then I'll like, I, I usually something will just catch my eye or something. That's like what I, like the one that caught my eye that I could not find anything on uh-huh. was, um, 63. And as the Lord took delight in doing good doing you good and multiplying you so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. I could not find any good notes. And I, my keyword didn't like help me dive deeper into what delight meant there. Right. So like, I didn't have like a really good, and I don't have a good grasp of Hebrew. So I couldn't just break it out myself and, you know, say, Oh, this verb is used 20 times. And it usually means that, you know, I don't have that, but right. Um, so yeah, there's times when I don't get what I want. Cause I really wanted to know more about like, I'll take the, like when my kids do something wrong, I'm never like, Oh yeah, it's punishment time. <laughs> like, so I really wanted to know a little bit deeper on that, but couldn't find anything, mm-hmm. but other things in here, like the whole pluck you off the land or, you know, um, like why is he mentioned those gods there? Like those mm-hmm. are the little things that sometimes just make me want right. to a little step farther. Hmm. So yeah, there you have it. That's, it's fun reading the Bible when you're, uh, you know, maybe have too vivid of an imagination and you want to see how vivid it can get. So my, my daughter came up to me this morning, two mornings ago. And, and she comes up and she's like, daddy, um, I was, I was watching veggie tales and, and, and veggie tales in our home is, is really just kind of, a I, I, you don't get, I don't tell my daughters that it's good biblical truth, but it's something fun. They can go ahead and watch. Um, and so she comes up and she's like, daddy, they, they got the story all wrong. Cause I think David in the Bible, didn't he cut off Goliath's head? And she's like, why didn't they show that in the cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, well, um, I was like, sometimes in, in a big pickle, all they would have done is turn him into a kebab. Right. <laughs> What's the problem? No blood. And I was like, sometimes parents don't, I was like, I wouldn't go ahead and and my wife starts dying laughing in the other room. I was like, what are you laughing at? And Sarah's like, because you know that you would totally have told Hadessa when she was three years old that they cut Goliath's head off. I was like, yeah, I would. Oh. I said, most parents wouldn't. <laughs> uh, oh, the place my imagination gets the most vivid is reading First and Second Samuel. Uh-huh. And I remember when we did the Bible study with Hiley, uh-huh. Josh Hiley, uh, good man, years ago. Um, there was a part we got to, and in his, he was a King James guy. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And the verse said something like David was hiding out among the Philistines, but he didn't want to get captured by them. So he basically pretended he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the verse there says that he dribbled on his beard. So he's basically drooling acting mm-hmm. you know, like he was rabid. And it said, how to put it? It said like he marked and scribbled on the gates. Okay, yeah. And if you go deeper, um, and you look a little bit deeper, the terms there for the marked and scribbled sometimes get 
switched to almost like a graffiti. Uh-huh. But it was actually like he most likely like was urinating and like rubbing his feces on the gates. Well, wasn't that when we got to what man is, or man was referred no, to? No, that's a different one. Is one who oh, that was pisseth against, pisseth the, wall. against the walls. Yeah, that's King James, people. Right. Don't get mad. And the but, other one is he blew off his ass, being he got <laughs> off as a donkey. donkey. But yeah, it was. I just find that. It, like we've turned it, oh he was like you think like oh he's a little kid with crayons writing on the ga- gates or something like what does that mean but it, it was more like he was gross and trying to get people to leave him alone so he wasn't just like writing love notes to the philistines i'm like david hart's goliath wait didn't he kill no it wasn't that way it was like he was like nuts and acting like it so i used to teach middle school or inner city middle school so that explains all the crap literally that gets wiped on the walls <laughs> was so confused crazy. now i got yeah. it but yeah that's just the kind of stuff so, so we could have gone through 29 but now we've only got a few minutes left okay so um, we will start 29 next yeah. week but i just want to say as, as you're reading like i encourage you read it chew on it see what stands out and then try and get some good good healthy study aids we've got a yes. podcast out there on it um about how to pick good study aids but getting a good commentary i recommend christopher wright jh wright um christopher jh right is his name um i recommend grisanti's commentaries i recommend the uh the ones i didn't buy and and bestcommentaries.com will give you some as well and i got some that they're not like the ivp has an old testament and that's right commentary so it kind of gives you i I use that for like uh, i really quickly i got it on my my kindle so like i can instantly go to it i was like Ooh, that doesn't make sense, and I can quickly go to it. I actually have a different commentary for most books of the Bible in there, so I can quickly download it if it's not already on my phone yeah. um, and go to it. So Chris Wright might do – he does some Old Testament stuff. Like I think he has one on Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and also here – or uh, Deuteronomy. His, and his books themselves. Oh, he's got some good books. They're – they're not commentaries, but they definitely give you great insight into Old Testament thought. So Jesus in the Old Testament yeah. um, is a great book. It shows how like the entire Bible is a narrative that all works together. Um, he also has one, I think, the Holy Spirit through, I don't the know. Te- yeah. But anyway, so he's got um, he's got some good stuff. But, but if you're thinking commentaries in general, um, Don, I think, has a good website that... Um, yeah, bestcommentaries.com is one. Mm-hmm. I was going to try and find the one for the... There's like the gold standard for Deuteronomy, and I can't remember the name of it, so I'm going to look it up really quick. So we encourage you. I know you've used us for Deuteronomy, but there's plenty of other great books in the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, so maybe even asking your pastor um, about a good commentary. That's, that, um, ask your pastor, and if you're, if you're on Reddit, um, the Reformed... You'll laugh when we say ask your pastor, but you know, ask okay. your pastor. That's okay. Great. Yeah. So like, you know, that's usually what I do is I, I usually go to them before I go to, um, well, your pastors are like super scholars. Yeah. No disrespect to mine, but yours are like reading hieroglyphics in their spare time. Right. Like, so, so there's been some, some commentaries that, I, that I've grabbed from them. That Nikot. Really, huh? Uh, the Nikot commentary series with Peter, I'm going to say it's Craigie, um, Peter C. Craigie, the Deuteronomy. That is often the gold standard for uh, Deuteronomy. A lot of people highly recommend his. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Wright is n- the one that we're u- using is like number two. Right. But um, if you get a chance to get the Nikot version, it's a great, 
it was super expensive when I tried to get it. It's probably cheaper if you can find it used. And and Chris Wright is it's a fairly small commentary and oh yeah and re, and I guess when you compare it to how thick commentaries can get. Oh dang! Right now I can get it for seventeen bucks used, but the Kindle version was thirty two. Oh wow! And brand new, it's thirty six. Okay. So it's not. I mean, for some of you that might be cheap books. Right. But um, for people with five kids, that's. Let's get to the edge of expensive. I think my Matthew commentaries cost me. They're two volumes. Oh, have I ever shown you my James one? No. It's about it's. Oh, let me see what it costs. Uh, it's, uh, Douglas Moo. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful commentary. It's probably one of the best. What is it, James? Yeah. Oh, he's got two versions. I got mine off eBay for cheaper than it is brand new. So it's not the Tyndale series. That one's like seventeen bucks. Okay. Uh, hardcover right now it's twenty nine. Okay, I see it. Uh, but here's the killer. Well, let me see if I can find it. Dead space. Yep. It's it's <coughs> only like it's maybe two hundred and fifty pages, I think. Ooh. I mean, it's it's a rich commentary, but when you're like, it costs that much, and it's only this, you know, it's kind of. I, so I love the Matthew commentaries I'm going through. And, and really it's, um, who is it by? It's um, Bruner and uh, Frederick. Yeah, Frederick Dale Bruner. And the first uh, one, I think it's, I don't know how many pages. It, it's close to, um, I think maybe a thousand pages. I'm not for Ooh. sure on that. And that's just Matthew chapter one through 12. Let me see if I can find out exactly how many pages it is because I like Bruner, to Kindle. It, it has decent ratings on bestcommentary.com. I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, it, it, it has is, uh, 604 pages. All right, so not quite 1,000, but 604 hey, pages for chapters 1 through 12. Oh, they recommend uh, Donald Carson. Yeah, done there? <laughs> but yeah, before we get to... I was, I'm going to find... How's the Bruner one? Do you like it? Oh, I love it. Uh, I've been studying Matthew for almost a year now, and I am only on chapter nine. Nice. Um, but but loving it. Um, because it gives you lots of different perspectives, and then he kind of talks about it. He talks about how he would have translated it and why he tran- would have translated it that way, and then kind of shows the... And then shows different other perspectives. Um, and, and usually he goes back to dead, some dead people, some not so dead people and, um, kind of talks about some of the different arguments and, um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, by I, the way, the Douglas movement is 287 pages. Oh, so it's a, it's a light commentary uh, right now on Westminster bookstore. It's $27. Okay. So yeah, I see it on, at least on, um, Amazon for what? 28. Yeah, so go to Westminster. It's cheaper, but you'll pay shipping and go back up anyway. No. Okay. Yep. But yeah. Um. We're cool. we're we're hitting time, but yeah. Sorry have fun. about that whole last yeah, part. Yeah, that's I all mean, right. Enjoy. I, I think mm-hmm. we went a little bit geeky on you, so um, or nerdy. You know we 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 wanted to help our listeners, <laughs> and I think that helps them. All right. So chapter twenty nine next week. Yeah. Or well, two weeks. I think we'll do the whole thing. In, I think so yeah. too. And then uh, again, I, I keep throwing out thirty because I want to give you some hope. Yeah, we'll I don't want hope. you to leave too depressed. We'll have hope someday. Okay, good deal. All right. Talk All to right. you guys next time. Bye. Bye.